What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio, the football edition. I'm your host, Angelo. I'm here with Alex, who told me a story that sounds like it was made up by a Packers fan fiction. So, you know what? I'm just going to give the floor to Alex, and he can start with the news. Hey, what is going on, guys? I mean, yeah, I was reading up on some news here because one member from one of our fantasy football leagues was mentioning it. So I was basically looking through Twitter. You, you verified not... all this was right, right? Yeah, yeah, I verified. I mean, like the allegations against him, like the FBI and so, things and so on. Uh, I've seen plenty of accounts saying that the allegations against them. I haven't seen as much, but I've seen plenty of tweets about it. So again, these are all allegations. But yeah, the story that I was telling Angelo is that to add to the dysfunction of the Bears. Now, apparently, their defensive coordinator, who hasn't coached at least week two, I'm not sure if he coached week one, um, he has been away from the team. And, like, Iberflus was pretty, like, dodging pretty much every single question about him in the press conference today. And then the the story comes out that, uh, basically, his house was raided by the FBI earlier. I'm not sure if it was, I believe it was week one. So, like, Sunday, I believe, if not mistaken, the house was raided by the FBI, and now he has ended his, design- his resignation today. He's no longer the defensive coordinator of the Bears. And then the story comes out that it basically, like, the former uh, Bears DB, Charles Stillman, who's now apparently an FBI agent, tipped them that, he was be- that the defensive coordinator was being investigated, and now the allegations, I mean, again, this is this is all allegations, but that it's that the defensive coordinator of the Bears has been, I mean, is going to be charged or at least is being investigated into uh, due to allegations of child pornography. I mean, some really crazy stuff here. It's, as, as Angelo said, it sounded like Packers fan fiction here, but... I mean, apparently it is not. I mean, he has he has handed in his resignation. That's the only official thing we know as of right now because Eberflus wasn't really willing to discuss the whole situation at the press conference today. Then the, the resignation was ended on later today. So, yeah, something to... I mean, not super impactful for the fantasy football, just the news about football in general that is pretty much like taking over Twitter from what I saw so far. Pretty crazy stuff. I, 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 oh, okay. Angel is just in shock since I told him this. You lost me at FBI agent Peanut Tillman. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, how often do you see like a guy who was a football player turn into an FBI agent? I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's in his Wikipedia page. Disqual- you think it would almost disqualify you because of how known you are. Yeah, but I mean, apparently it's in his Wikipedia page as well. After retiring from the NFL, Tillman joined the Federal Bureau of Investigation in 2018. Sure. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. <laughs> it's some really crazy stuff. So, yeah, I mean... I guess we can just move on to the fantasy football part of the episode. 
it's sure. pretty heavy news if it is indeed true. Uh, I pray for those involved that it isn't, but not the greatest thing. I mean, yeah, but we're here to discuss fantasy football, like the actual football show was yesterday. So now we are, we are switching the focus more to fantasy football. And I guess we will talk about the first game here. I mean, we're just going to glance through some games and just talk about the like fantasy impact that said players had in those games. Will we have and Packers like, fan fiction when we get to the Bears? <laughs> I mean, when you get to the Bears, you basically just talk about the team that they, that faced them. So there's not really a lot of fantasy. I mean, there is some fantasy points to talk about with the Bears. But it's not someone that you... No, there's not a whole lot of players that you want to target in that team. But yeah, I mean, like the first game, I guess we can talk about uh, like the Ravens and the Bengals. Did you have any like players to mention in this game, for example? Oh, did Okay, no, we're good. Okay. Honestly, T. Higgins looks like the man... Uh, Joe Burrow is obviously hobbled and not Joe Burrow, and he might be out further. Honestly, Irv Irv Smith Jr. is looking better and better by the week, and I think if Joe was 100%, he would probably be a tight end one, especially with how often we target him on third down, because it's a lot. Spoiler, it's a lot. But... Other than yeah, that, I mean, no. I mean, the, the pieces for the Bengals are the pieces for the Bengals. There's no one I can tell you that isn't already known. T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase. Like, I mean, I guess <laughs> the main Burrow. concerns here are, and I've seen like some concerns in some of my leagues. I have, I have approached like the Chase manager in a few of my redraft leagues. I mean, how concerned are you about Jamar Chase being like a top five wide receiver? Not at all. Even if Burrow never gets to one hundred percent, in re- are we talking about redraft or dynasty? Oh, redraft, redraft here. Oh, you're boned. For dynasty, then. I mean, it's still you're, like a you're top you're boned at that point. You just gotta accept you're boned. But for dynasty, it, no, it, it has no effect. Yeah, but like for fantasy, I mean, you was still like a top five pick, probably. How low are you actually like? Are you willing to trade them low? Are you holding? Oh no, I'm holding. I have them in like every redraft, and I'm holding them. Okay. And I I stacked oh. them with Burrow and everyone too, and I'm holding that too. <laughs> and in leagues that you have Burrow, are you like imagining oh, plays? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding like, two. That's a spoiler imag- alert. Imagining that he plays. I mean, you have mentioned to I me don't... that you. I don't want him to that, play. I, I want him to be a hundred percent when he's out there. Yeah, but in the in the eventuality that he plays, is he a must start for you, or is that no. someone that you are probably looking at waivers? He's a must start in the sense that I have him stacked with Jamar Chase in every league, so you kind of want to get the stack there. But I mean, I'm starting Daniel Jones in one league. I have him. I'm starting Dak Press. I actually added Dak Prescott. And I'm starting him and the other, like, no. Especially considering he's playing the Monday night game. No, I've already benched him. I'm not taking the risk. That's kind of the thing. When you when your quarterback is questionable going into, like, the Thursday night game or the Sunday night games, 
Like, that's okay. But when your quarterback is questionable going into the Monday night games, I'm not risking it unless the other quarterback is on waiver wires. That's playing Monday okay. night. Yeah. And as for the, the Ravens side, I mean, what are you doing with Bateman, though? You you are a pretty big fan of Bateman. Holding. We have talked about it in the offseason. Are you really holding him? I've seen yeah. him dropped in a few leagues. Really? Yeah. I mean, the targets looked, are really there, though. He looked really good with the targets he had. Like, him and Zay Flowers were absolutely, like, gashing us in during multiple possessions. I mean, he Especially like, after uh, Odell went down. He had, like, three targets, three receptions, 18 yards, I believe, if not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, the volume really isn't there, and he's, he's at least 15 targets, if not mistaken. Aguilar out-targeted him. He had six I targets, five catches. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was never a big fan of Bateman this year. I thought it, it would be the wide receiver three here. Flowers and Odell as the one, too. Then Andrews, I mean, just a lot of mouths to feed. Then Lamar doesn't throw it a whole lot. I mean, just like this week, he had what he did have 33 attempts, but still a lot of mouths to feed there. Especially if like Aguilar is getting a lot of run. Yeah, I'm not sure if if Bateman will will be a viable fantasy option at all this year. I mean, for for dynasty, you still have to hold, but for yeah. redraft, it's probably it's okay to cut bait. To be honest, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind it either, especially considering the Ravens' offense has not been the offense that Lamar and everyone has touted. <laughs> And at the running back position, I guess you just target one of those guys if they're still on waivers, and if they're not, you basically don't target them because yeah, it's like it's just this hill. It's Gus Edwards. It's it's gonna be a a Russian roulette basically. You basically won't ever have clarity like on which one will actually be the guy who goes off in every in a, any week. Not I mean, only that, you also have the the downside that it, not only is it like a split backfield but also lamar is going to be taking away from touches so yeah i mean out of the two running backs like gus edwards had the better week but he'll still dominate i didn't dominate snaps but he he led all of the running backs in 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 snap counts so he had more snaps than gus edwards and then he also led all running backs in targets so Gus Edwards is absolutely gashed us on third down. And by the way, that stat is a bit misleading simply because um, you have him out there to like confuse the defense and whether it's a pass or a run. That's why he's out there more. When Gus Edwards was out there, we knew it was like inside zone Gus Edwards. So the more snap share is going to come along with his skill set. Okay. Then moving on to the next one, I mean, what's there even to talk about in the in the Falcons? I mean, if you have, like, Drake London, this is probably the time to sell. I don't envision many games in which he'll have, like, six targets, seven targets. Uh, I don't envision that at all. I don't even think... Okay, six, seven targets isn't bad, but that's not, like, a wide receiver one on a team target share. I mean, and that. That's a good, that's a fucking good game. Well, that's a good game. That's Seven targets is a good game for him. 
yeah, <laughs> it's probably up there in the in like best games that you will have targets wise. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you probably like take this opportunity to maybe sell him, and when Pitts does something similar, you probably do the same with him. Just sell him off. That's what I'm trying to do, at least in in the leagues that I have him in. But I told see Alex didn't listen. I told you, I told you the the coding was a Mustang. The engine couldn't keep up. And you, what are you finding out now? Oh look, Desmond Ritter can't keep up with the level of talent that he has around him to make them fantasy relevant. And they're leaning on the defense. Like I mean, again, I don't you think said Ritter... this. You said this. Yeah, I don't think Ritter is like. Anything you, good, to be honest. But even if Heineke takes over, I mean, they will just run the ball 40 times. I mean... Yes. So yeah, so I mean, how did you allow yourself to get... Sip the Atlanta Falcons hopium as far as their... The fantasy relevancy of their wide receiver and their tight end? How? I mean, Pitts was probably overdrafted again. Yes. Yes, he was. I, I've seen him actually being dropped in a few weeks. Or so. Kyle Pitts being dropped? Yep, I saw it this, this morning in wow. the like the streamer league that I talked to, to you about. Yeah, he was dropped. So here's your I plan. We went, over, we went over what you're going to do in redraft. You, 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 you failed. You failed the assignment as soon as you selected the draft player button on both of them. But if you're in Dynasty. At the end of the season, after this abysmal season both of them are going to have, you go, and they didn't lose enough games to get a major quarterback, you go ask their owners what would it take, and you pray they get a quarterback upgrade. Or you wait until it happens. Will it matter, though? Won't Arthur Smith just, like, run the ball 40 times a game? Like I said... I mean, I you pray you I do get a not quarterback. remember. I do not remember the last time I saw a game in which like three players have over 10, 10, 10 rushing attempts. So really crazy stuff. I mean, on the Packers side, when Watson comes back, I mean, I think this offense will be soaring. Yeah, Jordan is up sure. there in in most like efficiency metrics right now. He's playing well. I mean, he's not being too, too, like, aggressive with the ball. He's being pretty conservative. And, I mean, I think that's what the game plan demands from him right now. He's not doing, like, things that are not asked for him, uh, for the coach. And I think I saw a tweet somewhere that basically said that uh, whatever the, the call is from the sideline, that's usually what he runs. He's not trying to call many audibles there. So he's trusting the coach. The coach trusts him. It's a bit what I mentioned in like the offseason, that it, I didn't think that uh, the Packers were as bad as they were last year, and the offense was as bad as it was. I just think that Aaron Rodgers didn't really want want to run, said like a uh, more conservative offense, so he was always trying to adjust the play at the, at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, but, I mean, but you could tell that. Rogers. You could tell that yeah. it w- when you were watching the games. It, it wasn't that. Also, wasn't a surprising thing. Like honestly, I think the more I think about it, the more my targeting Jordan Love in multiple leagues was warranted. 
because he was going to get like the faith of the head coach and he was going to run those plays that Aaron Rodgers did not because he doesn't have the authority and he doesn't have the tenure and pedigree to just audible out of those plays. Yeah, Jordan Love right now is the QB2 in fantasy football, if I'm not mistaken. The QB2? Two? two, yeah. Only Let's behind her cousins. Let's go. You know who else is on the top five here? Tua? <laughs> yeah, Tua. And Let's the other guy, go. It's, it's Herbert. And then the fourth QB in fantasy, it's Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> So if you waited to draft quarterback, you're you're feeling good right now. You probably need to find the the guy that didn't watch the Broncos game, and you you ask him if he wants Russell Wilson. That's my <laughs> my advice there, because <laughs> Russell looks awful. But we'll get there eventually. I mean, something that really surprised me, and I mean, I'm not sure if surprising was the the best word, but. It's a player that I really like this offseason, and it's a rookie that I really liked. But Jaden Reed, like all yeah, all I the players that. in the Packers, with eight targets. So, since this is the fantasy show, what did you think about my trade just before the season started in the Dynasty League where I had Jordan Love trading Sam Howell and getting Jalen Reed in a second? I still think you will regret trading... <laughs> but yeah, it's probably a good trade, yeah. <laughs> it's, it won't be the worst, but I really think that Howell will be one of those guys that can actually finish like a top 15 QB. And at that point, I mean, if you are asking me if you did a good trade by trading a top 15 QB in Superfax <laughs> for <laughs> Jaden Reed in a second, I'll probably tell you no. But at this point, it's probably not a bad trade. Especially, I did not expect... Another player I was heavily targeting in both redraft, and I have a bunch of in Dynasty too. I did not expect Christian Watson not to suit up for a single game heading into Week Three. Yeah, I do believe he is now practicing though. So, ooh, good. Trust. I'll get some value yeah. out of him. I have to, I have him in two places as well. If you're not mistaken, I have him in, in Dynasty. I have him in three actually. I have him in Nas, where he traded me. Uh, I I believe it was in the Chase trade. Yep. That we did during the offseason. I have him in the 32 team league, and I believe I have him in the Star Wars league. So, pretty hyped to finally get him back. Same. All right, then. Anyone else that you want to talk about here? I mean, there's not really a whole lot of like. I remember you asked, like, during the game about Dontavian Wicks. Yeah. He did okay. Yeah, I mean, he had like four targets to reception. Oh, here's someone I want to talk about. What happened to Romeo Dobbs? Because, like I said, I didn't get to watch the game. So, what happened to Romeo Dobbs that game? I mean, I believe he was, I believe he was still a bit injured. I believe he was. He went down on week one, and he didn't practice at full, if not mistaken. I might be mistaken here, but I believe that's that's what happened. So, he just mm-hmm. wasn't one hundred percent. He still had like three targets to receptions, thirty yards. I mean. Five points. I still think like Jaden Reed will end the season as the the main slot guy for them. So I was never a big Dobbs fan. Like Wicks is someone that you probably can target in like Dynasty and so on. Like very like bottom of the barrel type. But the Packers usually find these guys like super late. 
seventh round, sixth round undrafted free agents, and they give them some run. So probably not the worst pickup you can make right now. And he was like the wide receiver one to Jonathan Mingo in their college offense. So, I mean that makes sense. Like I said, I like to read. I'm honestly kind of sad I didn't target Reed more in the rookie drafts, and I actually had to acquire him in multiple spots, but the places I got him is, I, I like it. As far as the guy who actually outproduced Mims, I don't, there's no way he's going to continue. I don't, you never know, it's the Packers. They they find production in weird places. I really wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they sometimes find these this guys really, really late, and... They just seem to work out, like have some okay weeks. So yeah, maybe weeks is is the next man up. Maybe. Okay, so moving on to one game that we will surely love to talk about. It's the the Bucks and the Bears. Who do you want to talk about in that game? The Bucks and the Bears. Yeah. Just what did no you one? think? Because DJ Moore had a bit of a bounce back week. I guess you could call it, especially because Darnell Mooney went down. Mm. It was it was a pretty good week, yeah. Seven so, targets, six receptions, one hundred and forty yards, pretty good. I mean, it's probably one of the best weeks that I will have all year. So, yeah. I mean, so I if Darnell Mooney that... stays down, is that what it's going to look like moving forward? <laughs> you wish. There's <laughs> no way he keeps this up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think this is the type of player that DJ Moore always was and probably always will be. It's one week he will have like 16 points. The other week he has like two targets, one catch, five yards. So you probably like, if you want to get the boom weeks, the boom weeks, like it's not really that boom. He had like, what, uh, 16.4 points. I mean, it's okay numbers. I mean, if you want to have those weeks, you probably have to start them every single week and you have to, to take the bet with the good. If there's anyone that's buying this, like, okay week, you probably just sell them. I don't. I want nothing to do with this this Bears wide receiver core. Tell them Chase Claypool while you're at it, which I, I doubt that you can. <laughs> but yeah, Claypool had, like, three catches, 36 yards and a touchdown. So, 12. 12.6 points, more or less. Mm. I mean, there's no one that I really want to target in this Bears back, this Bears receiving core. Okay, what do you make of Mike Evans? I mean, apparently Mike Evans is still Mike Evans. <laughs> he's still like 6'4", 6'5", and he's a beast, and he, he makes those super athletic catches and mosses guys. So, yeah. It's probably a pretty good play, and he was probably underdrafted. Chris Godwin also didn't have a bad week. He had like 5-4-58, so passable week. I mean, I guess both Bucks wide receivers will be okay. Too good, like McEvans at 32.1 points, fantasy points, so that's pretty good. What's intriguing to me is what what do you make? I know you were a big fan of him coming out of college, but what do you make of Rashad White? Oof. He looks pretty bad, man. 
<laughs> yeah, because like the stats are pretty good, but like if you watch the game, especially like the first half, I'm not sure if I buy him. And he was like one of the most hyped players coming out. Well, not coming out of college, but coming out this season to be a breakout candidate, especially with where he was. And this, uh, once again, him and Cam Akers are the argument for people. If you are going to say someone in the running back dead zone is good, these are the arguments. There's a reason these running backs are in the dead zone usually. Like... They don't pan out. The only the only person I can even remember panning out in the last like five years is Josh Jacobs. So it just reinforces the the idea that you either are, should be targeting running backs early or running backs late. And there isn't much wiggle room for the for your in betweens. Yeah, I mean, for those who didn't watch the game, this is basically like a tale of two halves for for Rashad White. I mean, first half he looked. He looked slow. He didn't really look that good running the ball. And then I don't know what happened, but like second half, dude comes out. He looks pretty good. I'm not sure what changed there, but he looked much better. Don't let the stats fool you. I mean, like his percentage of work is pretty good. Like the the rest of the backfield doesn't do a whole lot. Sean Tucker still will have some carries, but he he looked him was a bit of an inverse from a shot white. He looks better week one and like the first half of the Bucks, and then I mean in the second half it looked sluggish looked pretty bad running the ball not sure what happened in that backfield but yeah Chase Edmonds went down I believe he's now on IR as well I mean if he keeps getting the volume I guess that's okay but it, I mean I would probably try to, and I have him in a few places I'd probably try and cash out on the hype on the hype right now and the the, the great game Something that I that I've seen quite a lot, and something that I would probably try and do, try and offer out Rashad White for Brees Hall, like in redraft, yeah. for example. Yeah, maybe you can get some some bites there because Brees has all the whole like snap counts, and he plays for the Jets with Zach Wilson. But I mean, even last year with Zach Wilson, I'm not sure if you remember, but like to start the season, he was doing pretty good. Even you with think Zach. I don't remember Brees Hall melting faces? <laughs> Yeah, he's doing pretty good. Alex, come on. No, that's that's one hundred percent the move. You get the guy who has consistently shown when he's healthy, he is the man. He's the dude. He is one of the top running backs in the league, at least for fantasy, when he is healthy and he's going. Like even behind that crappy Jets offensive line. I I cannot say enough good things about Brees Hall. I really can't. I love the dude. It's probably a move I try and make as well. For for the Bears, I'm not sure if it even matters right now, but it's still they're still like not splitting fifty fifty, but they're I still have Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson is the back I want to have in that backfield. And Jake Glazer did mention today, I believe, that it wouldn't be a surprise if Roshan Johnson take took over that backfield sooner rather than later. But I mean, I'm not sure if I want a Bears running back right now. It's more of the point. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. Simply because, like, you have Justin Fields. As long as it's not, like, a true running back by committee like the Ravens are, as assuming Roshan is the main running back, you do have Justin Fields to open running lanes because you do always have to dedicate that backer to spy on Fields in RPOs. 
So the lanes will be there. He'll probably get the Bears rushing offense, and mostly because it feels as well as usually a top rushing offense. So, I mean, I I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I mean, I have him in a few places. I have been I? trying to cash out on him. I started yeah. him in, in the redraft league. Yeah, I had to start him in one league as well. Yeah. I'm super thrilled. It's a super deep league, and I basically had no one else. So, but yeah, I've, in my opinion, this is basically like the Ravens' backfield. Even if one guy like, takes over, it won't be a true takeover. It will just be a split of snaps. So, I mean, I would what I would basically do, and I mean, this also applies to the Eagles that we we haven't talked about in Thursday Night Football. But, yeah, when one guy pops off, I would just trade them, to be honest. Either Herbert or Roshan. It's still a Bears running back. They will be down quite a lot. The O-line is, is okay, but if they are down that much because of fields, I don't envision a whole lot of of rushing attempts for them. I mean, even when they're down, they tend to run a lot. The like, the the coaching understands what Justin Fields is generally, so you don't see a lot of shots down the field. It's it's mixed in shots. Yeah, I remember like one of the comment, like the comments from one of the bear, like caller. How do you call it? Like a. It's not the a reporters? It's, no, no, it's the guys that are calling the game, basically. Oh. The announcer? Common, yeah, the announcer, well, commentator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was basically saying, like, a rare, uh, I don't know, but, like, Fields tried a, a deep pass, and he was like, a rare deep pass attempt by Justin Fields. And I was like, yikes. <laughs> like, even <laughs> even those guys know they are constantly with the team that it's it's terrible out there. So yeah, I would just do the same. I mean, I've talked about the Eagles, so I guess we can we can walk down here a bit. I mean, in our show sheet, for some reason, we we never have the Eagles Thursday night football game. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles. I think it's it's mostly the same thing running back wise. Uh, in the places that I had Swift, I've sold them because I don't believe there will be like. I don't believe we will ever figure out how the the Eagles backfield will will actually be. And I, I would trust Gainwell more. I agree with that generally, but you have to understand the Eagles' offense is so freaking good that, like, whatever back is going off, you want that back on your roster. <laughs> like, just... It... Yeah, but, like, would it be shocking to anyone if, like, this week the Kenneth Gainwell show again? No. That's, yeah. That, yeah. that's the headache you sign up for. Yeah, I mean... In the leagues that I have Gainwell, I'm holding him. I'm expecting him to to go off again. I mean, first week, I mean, he didn't really go off, but he still had an okay game. I'm I'm expecting him to go off anytime soon now, and when he does, I will just trade him. Because My point here is that basically we have seen Swift go off here, and we're all hyped up for Swift because Swift was, was a pretty good college running back, and he was a very high draft pick, especially like in Dynasty and so on. But, I mean, the coaches have seen these guys, like, throughout all camp. I mean, they have seen Gainwell, they have seen uh, Swift, they have seen Penny. Penny is not even in the equation anymore. It's, it's It barely played. But, I mean, they've seen these two guys throughout camp. And, like, week one, when everyone was healthy, they gave the ball to Gainwell. Like, most of the times, Swift was barely used. 
So I don't think this changes anything, to be honest. I think it when both are, are healthy, Gainwell will still be the main back most of the times. And like Sirianni did mention that like sometimes Swift will have like the specialist role or so that he had in week one. And in other times he will basically carry the ball more. So yeah, if you can find someone that believes that, and I did find someone in one of my leagues that believes that Swift is truly the guy who will take over the Eagles backfield, you sell him. That's what I did. I mean, I didn't... I don't think I made like a great, great trade, but I think I made a trade that might look better down the line. I traded mm-hmm. Swift and Nico Collins for DK Metcalf. That's an interesting deal. Yeah. I mean, it's redraft, but I think the folks in that league are way too reactionary to what happens. And I don't think that Nico Collins will will keep this streak going for much longer. And when he doesn't, I think people will turn on him. And then I couldn't get anything for him, in my opinion. Yeah. So I took the gamble there, basically. Mm, and I still have really Gainwell. Gamble. You traded a, a piece off the Texans offense. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... I mean, on the other side of this game, I, I guess we can still talk about uh, Devonta Smith, who we both predicted would outscore AJ Brown this this year. Mm-hmm. So far, we're pretty right on that one. Mm-hmm. Better days will come for AJ Brown, though. I mean, oh, for sure. The, the offense is still figuring like, it out. Like I said, I I didn't say it was like a hundred percent guaranteed. I said it was like fifty fifty. I could see Devo- because they are that close and. Devontae is going to get the easier cornerback matchup consistently. So, take your gambles. But I do think, like, as far as where people have been falling, like, Devontae's fall was too great. Yeah. We both agree there. I mean, on the Viking side of the football, I mean, I think you've said it pretty much. You basically ignore whoever is the running back and you just go for the pass catchers. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because I think it's just a mix. It's not all, it's not only that Madison doesn't look great, it's also that the Vikings are not super inclined, nor do they seem to be able to run the ball because of the offensive line. They don't care. So they basically just pass it. Yeah, they, 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 well, it's not that they don't care, it's that they know it, they, they see it. They don't need to be told we can't run the ball. They know they can't. Yeah. I mean, Madison still looks terrible. And I mean, to end the game, like, there was some controversy afterwards because he was getting harassment from fans and so on, which isn't great. I mean, guys, just don't DM players after you have, like, a bad fantasy week or something. It's it's Honestly, really crappy thing to do. that's stupid. That's stupid. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, I mean, it's the game. It's a game. These are actual real people doing this for a living. So, like, I understand that there are money implications with this, especially with the prevalence of gambling. But at the end of the day, it's not their job to make you a millionaire. You're the one who chose to bet on the players with whatever data you had in mind. So stop it. Stop pretending like this is their their problem. It's not their problem. It's your problem. So deal with it. And he basically got all of that arrested because, like, when trailing down in that down late in that game, he had a few drops there, and I believe he also had a fumble down late. So, really, really a bad game from him. But still, 
it doesn't deserve any of that hate and that harassment that he got. Absolutely. Okay, so now that we have circled back to that one, I guess the next one is my Seattle Seahawks. I mean, the news of, of Geno Smith demise was probably not true, I guess. No, I think we over... I I think he had a great season. Everyone wasn't sure whether that's an outlier or if it's the norm, and I think they were quick to say it was an outlier. Like, I didn't... Just like I wasn't okay with freaking out and saying that um, Deshaun Watson was for sure bad after that rain game in week one is the same reason I would say I wouldn't be comfortable saying Geno Smith was a wash after week one. It's it's one week. Just give him time. Yeah. I mean, he looked, he looked pretty good this game. I mean, yeah. he had 328 yards. He had two touchdowns. He only suffered one, one sack. HRD line actually, uh, all line really looked impressive, to be honest. I don't think they allowed many pressures, and, and the sack, I don't believe, was, was attributed to the O line. And we we're playing with two backup tackles, if not mistaken. So, pretty good thing. I mean, running wise, it's still the Kenneth Walker show. He wasn't like overly impressive running the ball, but he was also tackled behind the line quite a lot. So, the stats don't tell the whole story. He was. He got more yards than he should. So when you look at 17 for 43, you think it's not great. It should have been a whole lot worse because there was like a couple of plays that I thought he, he basically tried to cut outside when he should have just put his head down and run. And there were some plays where he was basically getting tackled in the backfield. Uh-huh. He just managed to make something out of it. So yeah, he still did the workhorse. Pete loves him. Zach Charbonnet had like four carries. Uh, I mean, to start the game, uh, it was the Kenneth Walker show like throughout all of the field, even in like inside the 10, inside the 5, it was always Kenneth Walker. Third down, uh, like DJ Dallas played a few snaps and Kenneth Walker were, were in others. But to end the game, Zach Charbonnet was in a few of those like uh, inside the 10 and inside the 20 type of plays and some pass protection. But I also think it's it's because they were going no huddle for most of that that drive that I saw. So, basically, they just didn't sub him out. I don't think it's anything to worry about. And, yeah, I still think it's the kind of Falker show. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind Zach Charbonnet. Like, I don't think Zach Charbonnet is a bad back. I just... I don't know. You just I never like my Kenneth Walker. I just think Kenneth Walker is a good runner. That's generally it. He's a good runner. I mean, he's still a top running back. I think everyone just kind of got way too crazy when we drafted Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. And, like, the main thing that but I heard was... Um... Here's the thing. Most NFL teams do not make that selection with the intent of not playing that running back in an extensive role. And that... and that, it, it takes the freaking Seahawks to... <laughs> To realize but, that, but we have done this quite a lot. I mean, we have constantly used draft picks because we want to fill a slot in our in our team, not because it's the smart pick or the the analytics pick, but it's mm-hmm. just because we want to to fill out a slot. I mean, I don't even remember who that guy is, but like the guy, the wide receiver that you drafted like one or two years ago in the second round, ah, uh, the Eskridge, yeah, the Eskridge. I mean, another guy that we drafted in the second. 
just basically to fill out a role that we thought he, we, he would have. I mean, we just do this. We just draft guys super high that they have no right of going that high. And it's not... Some teams just don't see the value in those side draft picks as we do. They basically just want to fill out a roster and they will draft the guys when they are, like, okay in their board. And that's just the Seahawks. I mean, they drafted Zach Charbonnet because, like, the whole backfield last year got hurt and they needed more bodies because they're a team that wants to run first. I just don't think they ever drafted Charbonnet with the intentions of overtaking Kenneth Walker. So, yeah. I think the, the demise of Kenneth Walker was... <laughs> was probably not right. And also, like, one of the things that I that I heard all offseason in Dynasty was that Charbonnet was going in to take the, like, the goal line back. I mean, <laughs> Kenneth Walker looked pretty good in those touchdowns, so... I mean, on the on the the Detroit Lions side, Montgomery went out with an injury. He has a, a bruised tie, if I'm mistaken. He's going to be out a few weeks. When I saw that, I imagined that maybe Gibbs would get more work. But as we we said in less like the other episode from the other day, Craig Reynolds got more of the touches inside the the tackles and so on. Gibbs route percentage and route involvement, route participation, all of that went up quite a bit. I'm hesitant to say that Gibbs will have a much, much bigger role. He should just get more touches, but I'm not sure if those touches will be rushes. So I'd probably give a look to Craig Reynolds in the waiver wire, to be honest. Did I disconnect? Oh, you're good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him in a few places in leagues that he was available. And I mean, last year, I believe he actually did quite well when he when he had the chance. So, I mean, I see some games where he had like 13 points, 14 points. I mean, yeah. just give the guy a look. Yeah, it's Josh not... Reynolds, absolutely. No, 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 no. Craig Reynolds, Craig Reynolds. Oh, Craig Reynolds, Craig Reynolds. Sorry, sorry. We can, we, can talk, actually, we can talk about, like, Josh Reynolds, actually, because, like, he seems to be establishing himself as the number two there in Detroit, and it's a high-passing offense, so. Exactly. You want the number, yeah. The same logic for why Gabe Davis is pushed up, why, granted, I think T. Higgins is warranted, but why T. Higgins is pushed up, it's because of the offenses they run in. Yeah. I mean, does that change with Jameson coming back? No. You still think Josh Reynolds has that role over Jameson? Yes. Hmm. That's pretty surprising. All right. <laughs> I actually think that Jameson has a word in that. He was drafted high for some reason, and he probably steals some of those touches from Reynolds, although he probably steals more from Khalid Freeman, though. Yeah, I can see that. But uh, it just seems like everything that's come out of the Jets or the Jets camp, the Lions camp is that they don't have as much faith in Jameson. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I mean, there's a rookie on the other side, one that I mean was started very highly, but 
Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, I've seen some folks panicking in Dynasty. I mean, I've seen like this one Reddit post as well, like asking if it's time to panic on Jackson Smith and Jigba. But that post always also said that like expectations shouldn't be too high for week one. I mean, it's t- for year one. He still had like six targets in this offense. He was tied for the same number of targets that DK Metcalf had. I think if someone's panicking, you probably buy, but this was always, to me, it was always a year where he wouldn't do much. So. Yeah. You have them in a few leagues. Are you, do you have any intentions to sell them to Sell them to me? Sell who? Jackson Smith and Jigba. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> I tried. I tried my best. Oh, moving on to a game that I actually wanted to talk about quite a bit. Uh, the Colts and the Texans. Uh, is it time to worry about Damien Pierce? He had like 15, for 30, 15 carries for 31 yards. Barely involved in the passing game. I believe he had like three targets, two receptions, but isn't involved quite a bit in the third down and the third downs and so on. Jackson, I, I, he's fine, dude. Because honestly, the wait, you're talking about like... you're talking about Damian Pierce. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I am, I am lost in the sauce right now. Damian Pierce. Oh, okay, I didn't. I know he's on the Texans. That's that's kind of why you don't target players on bad offenses because things like this can happen. Yeah, I mean he's not really doing that great. He's being tackled behind the the offensive line quite a bit. But I don't. I, I don't think he's necessarily bad. I just don't think that. I don't think the team's good enough. That's this. Yeah, I, I mean the often the offensive line should get better, like as the year gets on, because they have a lot of pieces injured right now. But still, I mean, I was expecting more involvement in the passing game, and now he's splitting carries with Devin Singletary, Dario Gumboale. Uh, like the appeal of Pierce last year was that he wasn't involved in the passing game a bit, uh, quite a lot, but he had like most of the touches in that backfield. He was seeing usage of around eighty percent of the snaps, eighty to like seventy to eighty percent of the snaps every single week. So that was the appeal, and now he's watching like he's in the forties, forty six, and like the other. Two, it's basically a three three ad committee. So I mean, if you're playing in a bad offense and it's a three way committee, you probably are not too too keen on him to keep him. Yeah. It's it's just all bad. Yeah. On the other side though, Zach Moss went off. I mean eighteen carries, eighty eight yards, one touchdown. Yeah, that's to to that with four targets for four receptions and nineteen yards. So Zach Moss, I believe he's right now a top ten running back on the week. Yeah. Pretty I interesting. Mean, we'll see if that continues. Zach Moss is a <laughs> a Colts running back. I mean, unless JT comes back, I'm actually a bit interested in Zach Moss, which isn't great to say because it's Zach Moss. 
But I mean, he's involved in the game. I mean, he has almost 20 carries. He has over 20 touches overall. Over 100 yards a touchdown. The offense isn't bad. Like with Anthony Richardson, it's probably better than with Uncle Rico, but... And, I mean, on the Texans, I do have one stat for you. <laughs> oh, God. No, not the Texans. You know, like, uh, the number one wide receiver core for fantasy football right now, it's the Miami Dolphins. Do you know which one is the second one in terms of points scored in fantasy? For the running backs? No, no, the, the wide receiver core. Oh, the wide receiver core. It's definitely not the Bengals. Even though the talent would suggest it. Is it um, Minnesota? Nope. The Houston Texans. That's... What? <laughs> yeah, the Houston Texans have the, the second highest scoring wide receiver core in fantasy football so far. That's pretty crazy. crazy. I mean, Nico I mean, they've had a lot of they've had a lot of targets. Like they've had a lot of attempts for the quarterback. Because if I'm not mistaken, there hasn't been a game C.J. Stroud hasn't had at least 40 attempts through the first yeah. two weeks. This week he had like 47, so almost 50 attempts. 50 attempts for a rookie. I'm pretty sure week one he had 44 too. So, I mean that that kind of checks out. Yeah, but. Like, you don't expect, uh, like, a wide receiver core consisted of Nico Collins, Holt Robert Woods, and, like, the tiny man in Tankdale to be the second highest scoring in the, the league so far. That's what we have right here, and, yeah, I'm not sure if it's sustainable, but that's what we have right now. And, I mean... Who do you prefer between like Tankdale or Nico Collins? Because like Tankdale didn't outscore Nico, but he was more involved in the offense this week than he was in week one. His snap percentage jumped, his routes run jumped. And he's playing more. Is there a chance here that he can can be more explosive than Nico Collins? He's he's just like Tutu Atwell. He's someone who is so small you don't believe he should be out. I don't know. I don't like the super small dudes like that. Okay, him and Tutu are are going at it, I guess. I guess so. I don't know. Thank you, like 10 targets, 7 receptions, 72 yards, and a touchdown. So it's a pretty great day. Oh, yeah, it's it's an amazing day. Okay, so, I mean, I've sold Nico in a few leagues, but uh, it's, it's probably a good hold. I don't expect much this week versus the, the Jaguars. I think Tyson Campbell can lock him up. But with that, I mean, it's probably an okay target to go with Tankville this week. I probably wouldn't target Robert Woods because it's Robert Woods and there's not a whole lot of upside on Robert Woods. So, yeah, I would just go with Tankville. Robert Woods looks dusted. Yeah. The thing is, Robert Woods, all always like since those those Rams years, he always seems kind of dusted, but he can also find his way into some fantasy relevance. I mean, I think he was relevant for a couple of weeks last year with uh, the Titans, if not mistaken. So, 
It's just the guy who keeps on hanging there. From one wide receiver core with a small guy to another wide receiver core with a small guy. Sky Moore. Is, he's alive, I guess. I don't know if I can... Once again, he only had like three, four targets. He had three receptions, dude. Yeah, and to be fair, like he had three receptions for 70 yards. The longest reception that he had was 54. <laughs> I mean, he at least produced and... It does look good to me on the field. And he did have the touchdown. So I just think, like, if there's one guy in that offense and that wide receiver core that you want to hold on to, it's probably Sky Moore. But, like, they seem to have something for Tony. Like, I don't know. I mean, the guy had, like, five targets. Tony he has didn't play. Yeah, but, I mean, he didn't play a whole lot snaps-wise, but it's one of those things when, when the guy is on the field, he will get targeted. So they just seem to, to kind of like Kadarius Tony quite a bit, even after last week's blunder. But yeah, apparently Tony isn't dead, but I would still not touch him. I would prefer Skymore much more. Mm, I don't know. I don't know which player I would want more, honestly. I certainly wouldn't want Jarek McKinnon, apparently. I, he was one of the guys that I really liked, but Matt Nagy isn't really giving him a ball. I mean, he has one carry for minus two yards. In the passing game, he had three targets, three receptions, 24 yards. He doesn't seem to be the same. He doesn't seem to have the same type of involvement that he, as he had last, last, year, last year, so it's probably a drop at this point. It's the Pacheco show. We'll, we'll have to see. The Kansas City offense, just, it evolves so much. It's hard to, like, by the end of the year, it could be the Jared McKinnon show. Let's be real. <laughs> like, it let, could. I mean, Jared tends to be the guy who actually, like, plays better down the stretch. But it's probably not worth it to hold on to him all of the time. Well, yeah, if you're in redraft and you're trying to make decisions, yeah, you can you can drop him, put him to waivers, and get someone like a Ford if he's out there, like Roshan Johnson if he's out there, if he hasn't already been picked up. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Receiving-wise for the Jaguars, I mean, I guess we can talk about the rushing first, but rushing-wise, Tank Bigsby wasn't really involved. He played some snaps, but he didn't have touches. Uh, Travis Etienne didn't have a great game. I mean, I just think it's part of like the Kansas City defense, as I said last week, and as I said in the previous show, it's the Kansas City defense is pretty stout, and Etienne just had a bad night. Wasn't yeah. really uber involved. Christian Kirk had a pretty good night there for a pretty good day there for the the Jaguars. Finally, showing that he isn't that. Like really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about. I mean, he had a touchdown that was called back, I believe, or called out because of an impact that he had with two KC defenders, and basically was well, landed out of bounds. Seemed a bit scary there for an injury, but he was fine. And Zay Jones, I believe, had, a, had an injury as well. He had, he did have six targets, so but just couldn't grab any of those. And Ingram continues to be a very good option for a tight end. Yeah. Which, 
I think, was always a decent option. I just think the Giants greatly misused him. I actually got a trade offer here while we're doing the the fantasy show. I got an offer uh, in the the Manning League. I was offered a 2024 first and a 2025 second for Jameer Gibbs. No, absolutely yeah. not. I just declined it as soon as I got it. That's an, that's an absolutely not. Yeah, I would need at least two firsts, one of them super early and probably like a replacement type. One of them back. what? I okay. needed like two firsts and one of them would have to be early and then a replacement type running back probably. Yeah, probably. I am looking into selling him though. Jameer? Why? You just know that I don't like to have like those high assets running back and he's being like valued pretty high, so He is. He's being valued like close to the R B one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Usually like in Dynasty I like to hold my value in the wide receivers because they seem much 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 less volatile. It's just like one of those preferences where it's basically the wide receivers last much longer than the, the running backs. And I mean they are less volatile because of that, because one injury uh, to a running back, like a, a year-long injury, basically, just completely backs quite a bit of value from him. And at the wide receiver, those guys have like 10, 15-year careers. One year isn't a whole lot, so I don't think the, the value is impacted as much. While the running back's like prime career, for fantasy especially, it's like, what, three, three four years after that, like, people start to, to frown upon them. So yeah. I usually just prefer to hold my values in wide receivers. Yeah, which makes sense. The wide receiver, I was actually having a conversation about this. Running back is the only position where the like prime of the position's career is in the rookie contract. You want... There are very good reasons why people who discuss strategy whether it be redraft or dynasty say you want as many running backs on rookie contracts as possible it's to maximize that value yeah at the same time like my counter argument to that is that basically those guys are more expensive so they carry quite a bit of risk and are you willing like to to take on that risk knowing how volatile it is yes yeah that's Something that I always try to to avoid. I mean, sometimes I, I'm caught up in it, like Kenneth Walker, basically. Which I mean, it's not that I don't think that Kenneth Walker is valuable in a good NFL player. It's just that, like, in a vacuum of value, his value took quite a bit of of a hit, and he wasn't really really even hurt or anything. It just there was just another guy drafted there, which like to a wide receiver. I mean. You don't see like DK's being DK's value being overly impacted by the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigma, for example. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things that at least for me, and you know, we have been playing Dynasty together for what seven years, six, seven years. And you know yep. that I'm always one of those guys that prefers the wide receivers to the running backs. And the market sure. has adjusted as of late. I mean I think that the approach is being more and more used right now. So It is. You could definitely see that in redraft where the top two, three 
positions where wide receivers, you really Christian McCaffrey was falling to like pick five, six, seven in some leagues. It it's crazy. Yeah, I believe like the most used strategy this year was like zero running zero back. RB. Yeah. Or I'm not sure if it's even Euro RB. I think it's a zero running back, and then you just grab the guys like there were guys like drafting Rashad White as their running back one and completely punting at the position for like three to four rounds. And then you just pick running backs in those dead wide receiver zones. Which I think that's probably turning the, the market way too much. It's probably an overcorrection. The balance is somewhere in between. I yeah. always kind of like like the hero RB for a redraft. I don't mind the hero RB. It's just it's extremely risky. Like if I was gonna hero RB, I would have done Nick Chubb, and I would have already been tanked. <laughs> like <laughs> so. Moving on then. Now that we sidetracked it there a bit. But I mean, I think it's part of the dynasty show that we talk about the, our experiences in the league and so on. So if it's just like reviewing the week, it's probably quite boring. So trying to incorporate that is probably good for us. That's true. I mean, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to talk about in the Bills and the, the Raiders game. Apart from like... Josh Jacobs is probably worrisome if you have him in redraft, and probably at this point in Dynasty as well. I can totally see a scenario in which, like, it's it's another one of those running backs where people overcorrected quite a lot. Like, last season, I remember he wasn't highly picked, and there were concerns about Samir White and the age to Josh Jacobs and so on. And then, like, he has the running back one season, and everyone just seems to forget the concerns that we had for him. And now he is like he's not doing too hot on the ground. I mean, this game he had like nine carries for minus two yards. Are you concerned about Jacobs? Do you think it's just a bad matchup and he will be okay? I think I think Josh Jacobs is going through the same thing Damian Pierce is going through, which is I'm on a bad team. <laughs> like, I mean, it could be the involvement in the past. Still there. He had like six starts, five receptions, 51 yards. Whether you so, want to admit it or not, the even if statistically Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo are similar, they're not. Because the threat of Derek Carr going deep is enough to keep a defense more honest and less willing to commit multiple bodies to the box to stop a running back. And you're seeing it. That's it's, it's true. Probably right. Yeah, I, I it's true. I mean... He looks slower right now. I think he has lost some of his burst, and that's that's coming from last year. I mean, I I, I read you the stat the other day about him not having a, a run longer than twenty yards since like November of last year. So his explosiveness doesn't really seem to be there anymore. Is it something that did owners who, who held on to him this offseason in Dynasty made a mistake and should have just cashed out? They should have cashed out as soon as Derek Carr was out of the building. <laughs> oh. On the Bills side of the ball, though, James Cook keeps dominating. 
This is the year that we we finally have a usable Bills running back, I guess. Yeah, James Cook looks really good. And granted, I think the knock against James Cook wasn't wasn't anything like he's not a good running back. It's he's a bit undersized to be a bell cow running back. He's more his skill set is more in tune with a pass catching back, but what your size is and what your skill set is is all trumped by how you're used. And that's that's obvious. Like if you want fantasy points, get a running back who is used like a bell cow running back and has the opportunities and is also talented to boot. And there's there's the secret sauce. <laughs> like on a good offense, talented is used like a main guy. And that's what and that's all going into effect with James Cook. The main concern here for him is the lack of red zone involvement. Basically, whenever they get... It's not even red zone. It's basically whenever they get inside the 10, inside the 5. He usually doesn't doesn't see the field much. They, they involve Latavius Murray and Damien Aries. Which I understand the logic behind. I just think it's, it's pretty stupid. I mean, you want to have your best playmakers out there. And you have to... You want to have your best guys out there. And you can never convince me that, like... 28, 29 year old Latavius Murray and a 26, 27 year old Damian Aries are a better athlete right now and a better player right now than James Cook is. Even if James Cook isn't like overly giant, or isn't like a your typical typical size of a, a running back, he's still your best running back. So just trot him out he there and be, see what he does. He can be their best running back, but the frames of those other running backs are more inducive to running between the tackles and taking hits from defensive tackles. So I think that is more of we're concerned about James James Cook's long-term health than James Cook isn't worthy of red zone touches. Like I said, it's it's how you're used. Hmm. I still think you can probably design touches that don't hurt his long-time value, though, so... I don't know, man. I really wanted them to be used more inside of the of the five and inside of the ten. I think he would he would strive there, and he would have been even a better option for fantasy. But I mean, right now I'm I'm struggling a bit here because I have him in a few dynasty leagues. James Cook to you is a running back. What in dynasty? Like a top ten running back in dynasty? Dynasty? Yes. He's 22, 23 years old right now. I would have to, I would really have to look at the running backs, but he's like, he's like on the border. I mean, I guess I can, I can give you like a small projection here. I mean, of the top guys, would you rather have McCaffrey or James Cook? McCaffrey, obviously. Bijan or James Cook, that's obvious as well. Yeah. Would you rather have Austin Eckler? Yeah. Okay. And Barkley? Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing Henry and Jacobs, no? Henry, no. Jacobs, no, yeah. those are, That's right. Okay. Tony Pollard? I'd probably rather have Pollard. Even with... So. Because he hasn't had the touches. We, we've discussed this before. It's more of a touch... Wear down than like a age wear down with running backs. Yes, that's true. So that's five right now. Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne is, is 
is reaching like 25 years old, is about to be on his second contract. Quite a bit of touches in college, not a whole lot of touches in the NFL because he missed like his rookie year. I might go James Cook there. Yeah, it's tough here. Then Ramondre Stevenson or James Cook. Probably Ramondre. Okay, so that's six. And then Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, obviously. Okay, that's seven. Kenneth Walker. Walker. Walker, that's eight. Brees Hall. Come on, son. <laughs> that's nine. Then one really intriguing one. Jonathan Taylor. Probably JT. JT. Okay, so that's ten. I'm so, not yeah. really seeing like I said, he's on the cusp. He's on the cusp, but yeah, he's probably he's top there. twelve. Because, like, looking at this list, I'm not going to read you all of the names, but it feels to me like the only other guy that you can maybe make an argument for is I don't know, man. It's probably Rashad White, but I probably rather have James no. Cook. They're basically the same back. Yeah. Like, one is more explosive right now, probably, than James Cook. 100%. So, yeah, he's a, probably a twelve, a top 12 running back right now in Dynasty. I am actually discussing a trade for him in the, the Nas League with Luke. Because Luke is interested in getting a running back. And I'm actually trying to get Devonta Smith. Which is an interesting trade. Interesting. Which side would you would you pick there? Between the James, if it's just one for two, James one for Cook one. or Devonta? Devonta. Yeah. Okay. Is it far away for you, or is it just that it's a wide receiver, probably lasts longer, and he's in a better? Yes, I must say it's probably still a big gap between Devonta and yeah, and James Cook. That's just me, personal. Okay. For what it's worth, I mean, I've run it in, like, you treat cut and so on, and it's it's quite a bit away. I mean, I, I think I've offered him, like, a tight end as well, because he needs a tight end, but it's it's a bit away, and he does have, like, an army of wide receivers, so I do think he eventually might go for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just wanted to, to have your thoughts there on James Good. I mean, receiving-wise... There's not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, Michael Meyer, probably there's some people out there that expected him to have a bigger role coming out of the gates. He's a rookie tight end. It's really, really hard for those guys to produce. Not for Sam Laporte at all. Sam Laporte had a nice game. True. But yeah, Michael Meyer, one for two, basically. That's not great. He's behind Austin Hooper right now. And it's it's the Devontae Adams show, and when and when Jacoby Myers is back, it's the Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers show. Or the Bills, is Gabe Davis happening, or it's just like that one random game that he has only year, that every single year that gives us some hope that there's a wide receiver too that is viable there in Buffalo. I think yeah. that's the one game a year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm also not a big believer on Gabe Davis. To me, it's just like, this is... Remember back in the day when, when it was the Tyreek Hill Chiefs? 
And I remember having this this conversation with you because you mentioned like at the time I I think it was the Marcus Robinson if not mistaken. And I remember we were having this conversation about uh, him, and you were saying that he was an okay pickup because he's a wide receiver in the Kansas City offense. And my main argument back there was always that yeah, we say that about every single guy in that offense, and it doesn't matter because it's it's the Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey show and the rest it's like wide receiver by committee. I think this is just what happens here in Buffalo now. It's it's Stefan Diggs and yeah, the rest is a wide receiver by committee. I mean, it could be, but I mean, Stefan Diggs is approaching the later end of his career. So, I mean, I think if you acquire Gabe Davis, especially in Dynasty, you acquire him with the knowledge that eventually he could be in the Stefan Diggs role. So you want to get that. I got it. When, when Stefan, if Stefan leaves or when it's done, I just think they either have a guy waiting on the wings or they just trade for another stud wide receiver. And not that. We have been trying to make Gabe Davis happen for quite a while. I just don't think it's, it's going to happen. It's just, it's what Gabe Davis is right now. That could be but true. Yeah. I mean, the Titans and the Chargers. Do you want any wide receiver in the Titans? Or it's just like the Derrick Henry show. And it's fine. No, it's the best Titans are boring. Titans are boring. <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah, it boring. But like, Trillin Burks, three catches, 76 yards. Like, I believe, like, his big catch... He had like almost 70 yards on that catch. Like six, it was a random deep play, which went like for 50 or 60 yards. So there's not a whole lot there. Hopkins did have five targets. He led all of the receivers. But still, 4 for 40, it's not a whole lot. Chig, I know a lot of people were interested in Chig and Conquo this, this past offseason. He's just doing like random tight end things. I don't think anyone in this backfield, in this wide receiver or tight end room, is anything good, to be honest, because the Torrent Hill isn't really that good. Yeah, and he only has like 24 attempts. So yeah, Derrick Henry alone had more like rushing attempts than Ryan Tannehill had passing attempts. So it's just tight end things. And, like, for the Chargers, yeah, I mean, rushing-wise, people were really hyping up Joshua Kelly. I mean, I, without Eckler there, and versus, like, top, what, five, top ten, front seven in the league, I just wasn't seeing it. So, better days will come for Joshua. Probably hold on to him. I think he will have an impact in this backfield. It's... Probably not happening without Eckler, though, because he does need to be... I don't think he has the ability to be, like, the top back in an offense by himself. He needs Eckler, and he needs, like, a top guy to play with him. And he needs to have a better matchup, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that. You Eckler being the change of pace back, even though he's, like, an elite running back as a change of pace back, is just... 
it's what he needs. He can't just be the guy who can just go out there get hog all the touch. It, no, you need he, he needs to be the change of pace back for top back to be effective. That's basically yeah, what he exactly. needs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and a better matchup overall. On the receiving end, I mean, monster game from Keenan Allen. He had eight tar- eight receptions, one hundred and eleven yards, and two touchdowns. He was like thirty four points. Massive, massive game, like vintage Keenan Allen game. The rest, I mean, didn't do a whole, whole lot. I mean, Mike Williams still had a, a pretty solid game. He led the, the team on targets, uh, but catched like eight for, caught like eight for 83 yards. And then the Quinton Johnston show continued. I mean, two targets, one catch, seven yards. Pretty good, pretty good. I remember when people thought that he, he would steal touches away from Mike <laughs> Williams. He is not the type of guy that will demand targets over a Mike Williams or a Keenan Allen. Because he's the type of guy who's going to be a bust. <laughs> That's what he is. And I've seen him dropped in a few, like, not Dynasty Leagues, but redraft leagues. Keenan Allen was the wide receiver one this week, in fact. I thought it was... The Puka show, but no. The touchdowns made it go towards Keenan. Puka still got targeted heavy. Yeah. Yeah. 20 targets for Puka. Crazy stuff. I mean, I guess we're going to talk about that slate of games. We can just jump into that one. Ah, Puka. Is Puka like the league winner this year or is it going to fade when, when Cooper Cup comes back? If Cooper Cup comes back, he's going to fade. Are we sure about that? Yes. And who's going to be the two in that team? Is it 2 2 Atwell? No, it'll be. Oh, I don't know because they both play the slot. So. Yeah, like. The way I see it, like, Puka's role is currently more in line to what Cooper Cup's role usually is. But Puka has played better than 2-2. So in, like, a fact, you might probably think that 2-2 sees the the field more than Puka Nakua. But with the, the way they have been playing, I mean, how do you shut down a guy who basically broke the record for most receptions in, like, the first two weeks of his career or something like that? I mean, yeah, he has like 35 targets throughout two weeks. He has 25 catches. He has over 250 yards. I mean, that looks great. Out of BYU. It does look great. If only Zach Wilson could have been as good. (laughs) (laughs) Did did he throw to Zach Wilson? Or did Zach Wilson throw to Puka? I'm not sure, actually. I don't think so, though. Really? It you... sounds right. It definitely sounds right. But I can actually it could, check. But it could be some. It would have been. It would have been like Puka's freshman year was Zach Wilson's last year. But yeah. could be wrong. I don't. Know. And you, you might have seen some targets. I do remember that like Zach's main guy was Dax. Dax something like the guy was drafted by the Commanders. Dax. No, it's not. I'm just remembering Dax Hill, the safety for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Dax something. Yeah, I mean, so it would have been the 2020 season for Zach Wilson. 
I mean, Puka played in 2019 and 2020. He just played in like three games and yeah, 24 targets combined across the two years. So it was 18 and 19. Oh, no, no, actually, I'm saying that wrong. Uh, he was in Washington in those years. He only came to BYU in 2021. So I don't think he would have played with Wilson then, right? Because Wilson is the 2020 class. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, you never caught balls from Wilson, unfortunately. Unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, Nakua continues to to dominate, and if you pick them up in waivers, congrats. I think Puka is one of those guys that I've seen a few like videos and so on from analysts who are really into to to the analytics part of the the evaluation of the the rookies and the the profiles of the players. I think it's going to be one of those guys like really bad dreams where they will they basically just won't accept that they got it wrong because it's one of those anomalies like the dude was not uber athletic. I mean, he oh, ran a I mean, he ran a 462, which is like 25th percentile. His speed score wasn't anything great, 51st percentile. There's nothing really here that you can see that suggests that this guy is like an athletic freak or anything that should do super well in the NFL. But I mean, it has, I think it's just one of those dudes that is a better football player and has better like football speed and so on that you can actually test for. So yeah, he's doing pretty well right now. I do think it continues though, even with Cooper Cup coming back. I just think that he's playing too well to be stopped right now. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I just, uh, Puka is just. It's disgusting because like. It, it doesn't is... make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make yeah. that, that does, It's kind of just like, what do I say? Oh, it doesn't make sense. Yes, it doesn't. I mean, if you look at anything like from his, from his like comma and stuff and so on. I mean, there's nothing here that really suggests that this guy's good. And like he was drafted in the fifth round. It comes from BYU, and then out of nowhere, like, dude leads the league in targets, I believe. He's second in target share in the league. It just plays well, it seems, at this point. He's just one of those guys that you really can't explain. But yeah, um, I actually think it continues at this point. I think that Puka will have a pretty good season. I don't like, know right now... Season, but he'll... Right now, do you think he has surpassed any of like the top rookie wide receivers from this class? Do you think he has surpassed like in terms of value? Do you think he has surpassed uh, Mike Williams, for example? Uh, Mike Williams, no, I'm sorry, Quinton Johnston, for example. In dynasty or redraft? Oh, in dynasty and redraft, Quinton Johnston is droppable. <laughs> no, I don't think so yet. And like, if you were, if you had Puka, would you try and trade him right now? Yes. Because I've seen like, I've seen some people getting really crazy about his value. I mean, I've seen people saying that a second isn't enough, that you probably need to send a first. If I you mean, can get a, a first, first. For, if you can get a first for Puka, I'm pulling that trigger every time. Would you pull with a second though? That's the debate. Because I've seen the argument is basically like, 
what you want your second. I mean, best case scenario, your second is a guy that gets like 35 targets in two weeks. And this is what Puka is getting. Now, do you want to invest in, you know, in like that much capital in a guy that has a few question marks in him? I'm not sure. Do you? Let's say I believe it's Luke who has Pukinakua. Let's say Luke comes to you in Dynasty Nas and he asks you for a second for Pukinakua. Would you trade like a mid-round second or an early second for Pukinakua? No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, keep trade cut right now, which is a platform that uh, gathers data from all of his users, basically. While you use it, I mean, it's right now collecting data from over one... No, 11,000 people right now. 11, is it 11,000? Yeah, I believe it's 11,000 people. Yeah. And they currently have them being worth more than like the 201, the 202. He's wide receiver 31 in fan, in Dynasty. Puka. Puka Nakua, yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> you can't buy. But the thing, I think some, some owners might be fearing here is that it's another Amon Ross and Brown situation in which we were like, oh, uh, Hawk isn't here. And I believe it was when he first popped up when Hawk and Swift weren't around. And I was in the camp of like, he probably can sustain this whenever they're back. And then it just never stopped being good. So I think some people are just... A bit afraid that they might be sound on the second coming of Amon Ross and Brown. <laughs> I mean, they could be. But, I don't know. For something like that, like... I, I just, I guess I gotta see it consistently. Yeah, right now in Keep Trade Cut. Wide receiver 28 is Quinton Johnston. Wide receiver 29 is Jared Judy. Wide receiver 30 is Terry McLaurin. Wide receiver 30, 31, it's Pukanakua. 32, it's Traylon Burks. So Pukanakua has surpassed Traylon Burks. Wide receiver 33 is Chris Godwin. And wide receiver 34 is Jameson Williams. That 34 is too high for Jameson Williams. Too high? Oh, no, don't do that to my boy. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. So would you, I mean, I know you were a big Traylon Burks guy and that you don't really like the the, the Titans right now, but would you prefer Pukunukua or Traylon Burks in Dynasty? Pukunukua. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> remember when, like, he was actually in the conversation. I remember that we were, because you had the 101 one. that year. Yeah. yeah. And not only wide receiver one, but I remember, like, early in the, like, I believe it was even in season. Like around midway throughout the season, you did send me a message asking, like, am I crazy if I think that Traylon Burks is like the 101 in this class? So I remember we had that it conversation. Was based, it was before he had tested. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was halfway throughout the season. Like in season, there was nothing. Like Burks looked great. And I actually think I said yes. But then I, I because I don't watch. Like college football, I just watched the tape. He afterwards. had amazing production. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the context. We hadn't seen him test yet. That's the context. After he yeah, tested, no. 
even before the testing, when I started watching more tape, I wasn't really sold on him. I saw some things that were worrisome for him. Right. And basically, I changed my stance there after watching him a bit more. But yeah, I mean, he was still a top, what, top five draft pick, if not mistaken, in that rookie class. And now he's, he's quite low here. Wide receiver 32. Okay. Uh, now, you also have Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams apparently is... Is great and it will be a thing all year. Ten targets. I mean, Kyron Williams, ten targets. There's no way they can keep up with this. <laughs> I mean, like yardage is what one hundred yards or all-purpose yardage. He has two touchdowns. He has over twenty-four like targets plus carries, so opportunities in general. I mean. <laughs> He's the running back two, I believe, right now in week two. Only behind Brian Robinson. Is Karen Williams a thing this year? Does Karen Williams win this? There's no way. If I told you, Karen Williams ends the year as a running back, what? I mean, based on his opportunity, he could end the year as a running back one. Right? Are you trading for him or are you trading him away, though? Do you think it's actually possible that he finishes at the running back one? I mean, it's it's fantasy. Anything's possible. We, we've seen a lot of, <laughs> of fake RB1s over the years. Yeah, but I mean, you can't really deny the opportunity that he has. And I mean, I believe like his percentage of runs was really high. And he's seen quite a bit of snaps. Kyron Williams, as I said the other day, 52 routes. 80 routes total so far in two weeks. That's a lot of routes. That's way more than Christian McCaffrey right now. I think he might be his thing all year. <laughs> and I kind of want to sell him, but I, I do feel like it's it's probably not a good idea right now. Because just gash the the 49ers, so I mean as for the 49ers, there's it's still gonna be like uh, why did I sell Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> that's that's exactly it. Why did I sell Christian McCaffrey? I mean to be honest, I expected them to buy it because all of the talk throughout the offseason was that Niners were were going to be more conservative with him. They saw what happened in Carolina. They weren't giving him all of those carries. They didn't want him to get hurt, so they would split the carries more. And then there's that old stat with him and when him and like Elijah Mitchell both were healthy, his fantasy points decreased quite a bit and the, the opportunity as well. And now, I mean, the dude comes out and he sees 100% of the targets in week two, of the, the snaps in week two. Elijah Mitchell didn't even play. I mean, <sighs> why did I sell him? <laughs> yeah, Christian McCaffrey is still that dude. Is he, is, he, is he like the running back one in Dynasty? Probably. Like even with age? Probably. Is it him or is it Bijan? It's him. It's him, isn't it? Which is crazy. I mean, who's, who's he sharing the backfield with? Bijan at least is sharing the backfield with people. 
Yeah, I mean, you had two other people with 10 plus carries, like Tyler Algier and Desmond Ritter both had 10 plus carries. And, like, McCaffrey has no one. I mean, Debo takes a few carries away, but, I mean, 20 carries, three targets, and he had, like, he had basically a good fantasy day in, like, the first quarter, so... This is crazy, and he had like 25.5 fantasy points, and he had like one touchdown. And it's not even like great Christian McCaffrey day. He had like, what, 130 yards, one touchdown, three catches. It's not a typical Christian McCaffrey day, and like, he still managed to get like 25.5 points. It's crazy that the guy, which is like 26 and has the injury history that he has, is currently like dynasty running back one. But here we are, I guess. But here we are. <laughs> For keep trade cuts as well, I believe he's the running back two, if not mistaken. Yeah, he's running back two behind only Bijan. But yeah, he's ahead of guys like Jameer and Brees and a lot of like... I don't think he'll be... Ahead of Brees by season's end, but we'll see. Yeah, Brees is right now is running back four in Dynasty. There's the reason I traded Bijan and held on to Brees. So. Yeah. Kenneth Walker is rising, though. He's running back eight. I believe he was close to 20 during the offseason. Some people were really low on him. Yeah, he was much lower, yeah. Running back 12, I believe it was the, the peak, though. The the bottom peak. He's rising. Okay. And for the Niners, I mean, is George Kittle ever going to have a good week? Six, six targets. No, three targets, three receptions, 30 yards. Is it ever going to happen? Or are they basically, like, switching? Because, like, Hayuk had a pretty good week one. And Devo has a pretty good week two. And is week three George Kittle? Possibly. I mean, okay. that's that's kind so. of the thing. That's the 49ers are kind of like the Minnesota Vikings, except they're a good team. It doesn't matter like which target you have, you just want them because of how good the offense is. I mean, as long as we actually establish the rotation, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I just need to know when to play each guy. So let's go with that. One week <laughs> One week Ayuk is good, one week Debo is good, one week Kittle is good, then we repeat. Yeah, pretty much. That's how it goes. Okay. Oh! Breaking news! Cam Akers! Minnesota Vikings! What? That's crazy. What? Really goes to show, though, uh, how valuable he is right now, because it's uh, apparently what they paid for him. He's a 2026 pick swap. (laughs) 2026. (laughs) I mean, late round 2026. I mean, it's basically just not to cut the dude. But yeah, I mean, what's the impact in the backfield? I mean, the Vikings have a running back who they might like now. I mean, who knows? <laughs> As we said before, though, they don't want to run the ball, and they can't run the ball. So does it? Does this matter for Akers, or is this like, I oh, will take the shot on the guy because 
our current running game isn't good. And like when he fails, they're just like, okay, so <laughs> the running game really isn't good. We'll just won't run. Pretty much. I think this is okay. this is their like their dart throw, their their tip in the ring that okay, this is our attempt to establish something. If this doesn't work, we're just we're we're screwed. We're just gonna throw it every <laughs> every possession. And even if you throw it every possession, I mean Cam Akers in Minnesota like hasn't proven to be a terrible receiving back, so it could work. Yeah. As long as he must, as he's not dusted, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it really moves the needle for me. I just think he goes from one bad situation to another. I don't think but the situation. I think like... the offense is good in Minnesota. I don't think the offense is bad in Los Angeles. I just think that they didn't like him. And he, they probably didn't like him because he's not that good. So I don't think anything really changes right now in Minnesota. Yeah. Would it be know. someone that you target, though? Target? How oh, heck no. <laughs> <laughs> Would you sell off the hype though? Because I think some people will get hyped about it. I have him on the roster, so I'm probably hold- dynasty. I'm probably holding in redraft. If you were a sucker and drafted the the Cam Akers in the running back dead zone, then good uh, good luck, buddy. Sell him high. I hope. I would just trade them in every single league, but I don't have them in any league, so that makes sense. Okay, now that the breaking news is out of the way, let's try and wrap up these games here. I mean, the Giants, Saquon is hurt. Would you touch Matt Breda versus the, the Niners? They're about to get riggedy wreck, son. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would touch any Giant apart from Darren Waller right now. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just not worth it. I mean, the target's all over the place. Darren Waller seems to be like the main focus of the offense, which is good. So yeah, it's still Darren Waller a bust for me in the Giants right now without Saquon. And let's hope Saquon gets back healthy somewhat soon. But I mean, those ankle injuries just tend to linger. And I'm not sure if he will be back anytime soon. But yeah, they still say that they remain hopeful that he will be back. But it seems more like wishful thing to me. In the Cardinals, though, do you want anyone apart from James Conner? <laughs> I don't want anyone, period. <laughs> I want James Conner. I mean, I told you what James Conner would be. He's the guy who will get you. I mean, because they have to run the ball. They have to run plays. And, like, James Conner is the only guy that will for sure get touches. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes he will have, like, 12 points, sometimes he will have 20 points. He's just a regular running back, too. That's probably not super expensive. Honestly, it's probably the best piece of the Cardinals to me. That and, like, the, the random game for Hollywood Brown. And that's that. <laughs> I wouldn't touch anyone else on the No, the, the Cardinals, Cardinals are it's terrible. Like... The Cardinals are terrible. Yeah, But they did hang in there in that game. The first half. Now they get destroyed by the Cowboys, but. (laughs) 
Yeah, we did get some feedback on those picks, and there's one of our listeners who said that I'll get wrecked on the the Cowboys and the the KC Chiefs picks. I mean, I I don't know, man. I just saw the the Cowboys cover that spread versus much better teams. So, full disclosure with the selecting, I was more trying to get the game right. I didn't realize that you would focus more on the lines. So when I realized that it's more about the betting line than the actual result of the game, then I adjusted my my mindset on it. Let's see if you're in time to save your season. You're only four games behind, though. No, it's, it's, not. it's not the end of the world. I mean, moving on, I mean, we've talked about the the Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys offense looked a bit better. I mean, they can add like seven completions. He looked comfortable versus that what's probably a pretty good Jets defense. Deuce Vaughn gets involved here, even early. Apparently, he's the running back two right now for them. I, I don't know, man. He's like 6'5". No, 6'5". Uh, <laughs> it would be great if he was 6'5", but it's 6'5". Uh, yeah, but he's 5'6". Like, it's a 5'6 running back getting touches. Crazy stuff to me. But yeah, he's involved early, apparently. Uh, it was the CD show, though, this game. Like, Pollard was second in the, the team in targets. Pollard with, like, massive usage here. Yeah, Pollard, as we said, as it's pretty obvious all of season. He's a top five running back. CeeDee Lamb dominated versus Sauce Gardner. And then there was no one else because Brandon Cooks was hurt. Michael Gallup. He's a drop. Yeah. Chilling Tolbert. I've been waiting for Michael Gallup. Not to be like a, a main, but just like a wide receiver too. That's what I've been waiting yeah. for Michael And it's just, it doesn't happen. It's not happening, yeah. Jake Ferguson seems to be used in the, the the end zone quite a bit and in the red zone quite a bit. Yes. There's worse flyers to take if you think the the cowboy the Cowboys will will be involved in a high scoring game. He probably gets a touchdown. So, not the worst tight end, but like the target share isn't great. He will still get some targets. I mean, he had four targets, which was like tight for third in the team. So. But yeah, it's CD, and when Brandon Cooks plays, it's probably the only the only other viable wide receiver in that team. And as for like the the Jets, I mean Garrett Wilson, eight targets, only two receptions. Yeah, they did three yards, but like he had a sixty-eight yard touchdown that he basically made a pretty good play on the the Jets and the Cowboys defense. It's kind of concerning. Would you, like, try and cash out on Garrett Wilson? No. Because he was started as a top five. I mean, for a redraft, I mean, for the dynasty, probably hold. But for a redraft, do you try and cash out? Or are you okay writing the season out with Wilson? Wilson to Wilson. I'd be okay, I'd be okay writing the season out with Wilson. For redraft. Garrett Wilson or Pukenekua? Yeah, for redraft. First, who? Pukenekua. Stop it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Should we be saying Pukunuku to all of these questions? Stop it. No. The answer is no. Garrett Wilson or Chris Christian Watson? That's a really good debate. 
because we haven't seen Christian Watson yet, but we do have high hopes for him. And we have seen what Garrett Wilson is with Zach Wilson and the old offense playing like they don't want to open up the playbook too much. Yeah, but that I mean that's the case. That was the case last year, and Garrett Wilson was just fine. He was, but like most of the, the productive games that he has, it was with Mike White and like the other random guy that they had there that played like in the like Canada's football league or something like that. Mm-hmm. Straveler, I believe was his name. So yeah, I think I would sell actually. I would try and cash out on Garrett Wilson. I don't I think like I wouldn't. That's just me though. You probably drafted them as like a top ten wide receiver. That's that's why I wouldn't because I thought the average yeah the average draft position the ADP was too high on him to begin with. So I wasn't selecting him as like a wide receiver one, one of the first twelve. I wasn't doing that. We were both on board there. I believe one of my uh, takes was that he would bust at his current ADP. I didn't expect it to be like this, but I expected it to really be from like the offense not being super dynamic and Rodgers not looking his best. I didn't expect it to be because of Rodgers like, tearing his Achilles like in the third play of the game. So, Right. <laughs> I don't think anyone expected that, <laughs> Alex. Yeah. Brees Hall, only four touches. He was pretty mad. He took it to Twitter as well, saying that basically he tweeted like four football emojis. And he did mention like in the in the press conferences that he it just showed his that he was pretty pissed at the, the game plan that he didn't get the ball. It's comprehensible, but he's still on a like a snap count. They don't want to run him out there way too much. Right. And the game wasn't really in hand for most of it, so it's understandable. No one in the team really did much uh, running the ball. Breeze had nine yards on four attempts. Dalvin Cook had seven yards on four attempts. Yeah, Dalvin Cook had seven yards, and his longest rush was for six yards. So, yeah. He looks dusted, man. Yeah. It's it's not great. I wonder if, like, some of those vets kind of just want out. Like, for example, Dalvin Cook, I believe, just signed a one-year deal. Does he, like, want out to find a Super Bowl contender that will take him? Or is it just like, okay, this is my fate now? And it's not only him, but, like, Randall Cobb as well. I mean, it's to a point where, like, the big advantage of having, like, Cobb and Lazard and all of that is because of their connection with Aaron Rodgers. And now without Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of like... All of those guys. Why are we here? A bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Helen like, <laughs> Lazard is not a great two. Is not only an okay two, an okay three probably because it doesn't have that connection with Aaron Rodgers. It's what happens when you build a team like around a star, and the star fails. I mean, now you're stuck with it. We got to another game. Though. The running back one on the week, Brian Robinson. Massive game. I mean, almost thirty point outing. He had like eighteen carries. He had like added on three targets, so twenty one opportunities total. He had over one hundred and twenty yards, uh, all purpose, and he had two touchdowns. Great game by Ryan Robinson. Sam Mowell looks great as well. 
299 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's taking some snaps, uh, some sacks, and I mean, I believe he has he has commented on that and saying that he needs to be better because an incompletion is better than a sack, so he needs to be more decisive there, which I like. I mean, he's a fifth round rookie and already seeing those stuff. It's pretty good. I mean, Russ also had a pretty good game, 30 points, three touchdowns, one interception. He was sad. he was sacked seven times, which to everyone saying that he was going to to Denver and having a better O line, and that basically we never gave him an O line. It's it's still the same Russ. Like most of those sacks are on him still. It's sacks are pretty much a QB stat at this point, but yeah. Russell still gets sacks. Uh, the, the line is really like blurred here because the three three hundred and nine yards that he had. I mean, yeah, like what seventy in his last drive. So it's a pretty bad game. And if if you can find someone that didn't watch the game, probably try and trade them Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is terrible right now. The offense looks as bad as it looked, or almost as bad as it looked with Hackett in charge. So. Another guy that popped off was Marvin Mims. <laughs> Marvin Mims, like, has this he crazy stat. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he had two targets, two receptions, 113 yards. Do you know how many routes he ran? Like, the whole game. He ran five routes. Total. Five routes? Five routes. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, his yards per route run right now is 22.6 in this game. Oh my Pretty god. Pretty good. Can you imagine if you ran like, I don't know, like 50 yards? 50 <laughs> routes, my bad. He would have like 1,130 yards in a single game. Pretty great. <laughs> would probably like triple the current record or quadruple the, qu- the current record. But yeah, Mims looks great. I want to see him more out there. He didn't play a whole lot in the week one. He played even less, I believe, in week two. He only ran five rounds. He wasn't really involved snaps-wise. But yeah, when he was on the field, still two targets, two receptions. Pretty good fantasy day. Just not super viable. Mm-hmm. Brandon Johnson also had two touchdowns. One was the, the Hail Mary. I've seen some people saying that he will have a pretty good role this year. I don't see it. It's when Judy's back, it's probably those two I don't think are great, but it's their two running, uh, it's their two wide receivers. For the the commanders, though, Terry Stop still it. plays well. The commanders. Still plays well. Yeah, five receptions, 54 yards, one touchdown. Not a bad day. I do want them to use more, like Jahan Dotson more in the red zone, and they want. I want them to use him more overall because I believe he had like four targets in the first quarter or the first half and then he had like one target the rest of the game it seems like they use him to unlock the passing game and then just kind of forget about him and like he's really good i really want them to use him more because i really think that he has the upside to be a really good wide receiver here in this offense but they aren't really using him a lot i would buy low on him though (laughs) and i did in like one league i believe Yeah, then, I mean, I guess we can talk about your Dolphins. My Dolphin! They had a rough day at the... Well, I don't know if I'd call it a rough day at the office, but... It wasn't an unblemished day. 
was an okay day, I guess. Yeah, it was Is okay Mostert, like, the most on the radar started running back in the league? He will always have that. He will always have that ridiculous game. I mean, the dude is pretty good right now. I believe he's what so far in the season. He is the running back. He is the running back. Uh, he's running back one, two, three, four, five. Running back six on this season right now. Is he like the cheapest? Top ten running back that you can buy right now. Probably. You know who's better Is... than? Who? James Conner. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like James Conner is currently like running back. What three six? James Conner's no. current. He's currently like tied for running back twelve. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> running back one. <laughs> Borderline running back one, yeah. That's like... James Conner, man. <laughs> he will he will get you those games where he's basically like running back one, then he will have a game where he's running back two, and he will finish the game the season as a running back two. That's why you draft James Conner. And that's apparently why you draft Raheem Mostert, because like twenty eight point seven fantasy points, two touchdowns, one hundred and twenty one yards still looks good. I would expect the usage the usage to go down a bit because he's probably still made of glass. But at this point he's dominating all of the touches. And he looks good while doing it. Yeah, that's true. Um yeah, receiving, I mean chill and waddle. The game looked to be a whole lot better than it ended up being. Like at one point, Jaylen, I really thought that he was. Yeah, Jalen just. It Jalen will have his games. He is not going to be like the target hog that Tyreek is, but he's he's going to get his. It's just the games are more like the games where Tua throws for four hundred yards. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at one point, it really looked like the Pats were selling out to stop the deep pass and to stop Tyreek Hill. And it yeah. really looked like Waddle was about to have a great game, but then it kind of cooled off. And I mean, he had an okay game. I mean, six targets, four receptions, 86 yards. Solid game, but I was expecting quite a bit more at that point. Tyreek, still nine targets. Christian Gonzalez really locked them down, but still five five receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Solid game, didn't really hurt you, unless you needed like a massive 40 burger from him. And in the Patriots, I mean, Zeke is dust. You can basically drop him right now. I was expecting him to be like a guy who had like... Uh, the stat line was pretty much what I expected. I expected him to be around like eight touches a game and to have like 20 yards, but randomly fall in the end zone for a couple of touchdowns. And he would have like 10 points because of the touchdowns. But yeah, he's even worse than that. He's, he looks really, really slow. It's still the Ramondre Stevenson show. And receiving, I mean, it's Hunter Henry, basically. It's Hunter Henry and Devontae Parker. You can basically forget about the rest. Kendrick Bourne, I don't think it's happening because Devontae is, exists. But yeah, I mean, Hunter Henry, it's a pretty good pickup if you need a tight end. I think he's, he's yeah. one of those guys who won't have like crazy games, but he will have consistent games. So he'll probably be good if you start him all year. Yeah. 
No, Hunter Henry is like hmm. the Patriots have a history of being good with the tight end. It's just you need to they just need to figure out who the tight end was because they had multiples for many, many years. And they still do. If I'm not mistaken, Mike Jacecki is still over there. Yeah, because they signed is... him. Yeah, they, they moved off of John Smith and they brought yeah. in Gasecki. But yeah. Gasecki isn't really being used. I mean, he's still at like six targets, so not exactly. awful opportunity-wise. And Hunter Henry at seven, but he, he seemed to be getting the the better targets, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's doing more with those and getting the touchdown, so... You're probably safe if you're starting Hunter Henry. It won't blow you away. It will be. I think it will actually be in like the the Dallas Goddard. I wonder why the Patriots have been committed to like one solid tight end, and they want keep doing the multiple tight end sets. I don't know. It just seems something like in their scheme that they like to run. Like you remember, like Gronk and Hernandez. Hernandez. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I believe they have another partner with Gronk as well. I'm really blanking here, but I believe they had someone in, like, after Gronk in free agency, they had it, Hunter Henry and Janu, both in the same free agency class. It's just something that they really want to scheme. It's just a scheme fit for them. They like to run the ball and to have those two good tight ends catching it. Yeah, no. They just, they just like heavier sets so they can run more. That's what they like. Yeah. And just best of the tight ends. Just ignore the wide receivers since they actually like can't draft wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. After that, I mean, your Saints. My Saints. Yeah, I mean, Carr still doesn't look right. <laughs> He's getting there. Eh, I don't think so. He looks really sluggish. But okay. I mean, there- Jamal Williams. Went out early yep. in the first quarter, yeah. And then it was the Tony Jones show. Went like 12 carries for 34 yards. But he had two touchdowns, so he saved this game. I do believe like Kendra Miller, the rookie that they drafted this year, is now healthy. I believe he practiced in full this week, this like today, I believe. So I do expect him to be out there quite a bit. Maybe in conjunction with Tony Jones. But this is probably the break that Kendra Miller needed. I believe I read that Jamal Williams will be out a few weeks. So a couple of running backs here that people were kind of relying upon to are dropping like fly, like him, like Montgomery, Saquon, Chubb. Really quite a few running back injuries. Yeah. On the other side, I mean... Chuba looks good, actually. Like when he gets, he didn't get many touches, but when he did, he looks explosive. Miles, I never liked Miles a lot, but he's still getting the work. He's getting 14 carries. I do believe he had quite a bit of, yeah, he had like five targets, so 20 opportunities almost total. He's getting the touches he will probably produce. It just the Saints just have a pretty stout defense. That's probably what happened here. I wouldn't panic with Miles. I would probably look at selling him when he explodes, though, because the offensive line is really, really bad. I, I really wanted Bryce to be better this year, but I did see one tweet 
that basically like put the QBs compared what they did when they had an open throw and how often they had that open like window to throw, like an open wide receiver to throw to. And like Bryce was one of the most accurate when he had one of the like a wide receiver wide open, but he was also like the guy who had the least wide receivers wide open. So he's just really liking weapons, man. When your wide receiver one is Adam the old man Thielen, you're probably struggling <laughs> there. <laughs> Adam the old man. And yeah, I mean, on the Saints, I like Olave, but for part of that game, I was like, Michael Jones is re- Michael Thomas is really getting involved here, because like the start of that game, and and I'm quite surprised that Chris Olave at 11 targets, it seemed quite a bit less, and I think quite a few of those targets weren't were more like T Higgins targets from week one, where it's completely overthrown balls and balls that do not even reach the vicinity of the player. But yeah, Michael Thomas, nine targets, seven th- seven receptions, 55 yards. I mean, it's Michael Thomas. He will pick up those sl- the slant rounds, routes. He will get those five, six-yard gains, and the offense will move with that. And Olave, six receptions, 86 yards, no touchdown, but he did have like a touchdown called back. Um, was basically was tiptoeing down the sideline and his like part of his foot hit the the white line. Could have been a much bigger day here, but still a pretty good outing. Yeah. And then you went. I mean, Rashid Shahid. I think he deserves some looks. Like four oh, catches, sure. sixty-three yards. Who's the second wide bomb. receiver in the offense? Yeah, uh, technically he's the third. Come on, Michael Thomas still had nine targets. But Shahid, really explosive, and I I believe it. The like he had one catch for forty yards, but they do try to seem to want to involve him a bit more, especially in the deep passing game. But yeah, I think is is someone definitely worth picking up right now. And that's basically it for them. The tight end isn't really involved. Juwan Johnson three targets, Foster Monroe two targets, not really worth it. As for the Panthers, I mean, is old man Thielen an option? No. Nine nine targets in week two. I believe he had a pretty solid amount of tar- targets as well in week one. He had Adam Thielen. Yeah, yeah. I know, no. He just had two. Okay, but he was he was heavily involved. He played eight percent of the snaps. But right now, I mean, he had nine targets, seven receptions, fifty-four yards. So still super efficient. And one touchdown. Yeah, it, it looks slow out there. It's just old man Adam Thielen. Jonathan Mingo did get eight targets. He only caught three of those for 26 yards. Would you prefer to have Adam Thielen or Jonathan Mingo going forward? Mingo. You prefer the 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 youth of Mingo? Yeah. Over the savviness of Adam Thielen? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think I don't, it's just it's hard. Yeah, it's I mean, hard because I don't like Mingo, but Dylan is really, really slow and really, really old. So yeah, that's kind of the thing. <laughs> it's just what do you prefer less? Exactly. Yeah. 
Do you know how many yards the Vikings have? I uh, just got like this random tweet. Do you know how many yards the, the Vikings have throughout two weeks rushing the ball? How many? 69. <laughs> That's sad. It's the lowest amount of yards in throughout two games by any team since both the 2019 Dolphins and Bengals. Hmm. They are the only team without a rush attempt of 10 plus yards this season. It's really bad. I mean, finally, like the last game, which probably doesn't have a lot to talk about, the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, we do have like Jerome Ford to talk. He's do you be- think? Do you think that Kareem Hunt, like Kareem Hunt, got signed today by the the Browns? One year, four million. So mm-hmm. he goes back to the team where he was the last, like I believe it was like four, three, four seasons, if not mistaken. He was with the Browns. Do you think he impacts Jerome Ford quite a bit, or is he still yes. sold on Jerome Ford? So remember when I believe it? I don't know if it was Chubb. I think it was Kareem Hunt who went down, and they kind of. Um, Tickled in like uh, Dearness Johnson with Nick Chubb. I think I think you're going to see a lot of that, where it's going to be like closer to a fifty-fifty backfield. And who has like the the goal line touches? Is it Kareem Hunt? Yes. Okay. I mean, how much like percentage of your fab would you invest in like Ford versus like Hunt, for example? Assuming you have like a one hundred. Dollar budget, probably like twenty to twenty-five. On Ford. Yep. And Hunt. Like five ten. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm on board with that. I still think that Ford will be the main guy there, but Hunt will probably impact him quite a bit mm-hmm. on passing down and on on because I don't know, but I think that Hunt is probably the better pass protection guy in that team because he is the veteran, he is more experienced, he knows the system probably better although that Jerome Ford was on the team last year but Hunt was playing it more I believe so yeah, it probably does impact Jerome Ford quite a bit Uh, do you think any of them will be running back two for example for fantasy or is just like Mm. are we back to the Baltimore Ravens Type of backfield. I think we're better than the Ravens, but I'm not sure if I can say he's a running back too. Okay. It's a slightly better Ravens backfield. With the worst QB. Yeah. So do you just not target those guys? (laughs) Because it doesn't seem too good. I would target Ford. I think Ford has, especially... Because it seems like Stefanski is better at getting value out of his running backs. So. And his QB. Yeah. And I believe I read like this one stat. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure if it, if I have it here anymore. But I do, do remember like reading this stat that uh, even if you remove like that big run that Jerome Ford had, I still think he, he was pretty good rushing the ball. Uh, I do not seem to have it here anymore, though. I did have it recorded somewhere. But he was 
is uh, I believe is expected points added per run or is expected like rush over attempt. Basically, like whenever he touched the ball, uh, he always broke the expected yardage on each on mm-hmm. each touch. While like for example, I believe he was twenty five percent better than for example Kyron Williams. So he was pretty effective with the ball in his hands. It's just more of do they trust the young guy to take on that bigger role, or are they they're gonna play it more safe and go with Kareem Hunt, especially like to start? I mean, all of the offseason they apparently let him go, let Hunt go because they wanted Four to have a bigger role. Is that like or is, like coat talk, or is that really what they will do? I guess we will see moving forward. I think it'll. Other be than that, that's just me personally. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, Amari Cooper still does good. That's it's not a start. I should probably take my own advice since I I I lost our redraft league because I was an idiot and started Allen Robinson over Amari Cooper over the fears uh... of the injuries, losing by point twenty four. So always great, and. I read this one tweet that I found really funny. I don't remember who the author was to give credit to, but I remember like it was to this point, the concept of what we think Elijah Moore is, is much better than what Elijah Moore actually is. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I couldn't agree with it more. Yeah. I mean, it's still a non-factor. He's about to throw another rent because he's a no-factor right now, like he did in, in New York. I mean, he's probably not great. That's just what he is. He's an OK2, an OK3. He's, he's nothing to write home about. And Joku is probably droppable. I mean, we play this game every year, Winton Joku. And yeah, that's basically it. You you from the from the the Browns. You want Amari Cooper and whoever the running back is, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. And finally. From the Steelers, I really just want them to give all of the opportunities to Jalen Warren. Because Jalen Warren looks night and day better than Najee right now. Yeah. Najee is... Like, how low is Najee right now as a dynasty? What about George Pickens without Devontae? I mean, I would say Pickens looked good, but the stat line is probably overinflated. Because, look, he had 127 yards. Yeah, Yeah, but he had, like, a 70-yard touchdown, which was a pretty good touchdown. I would say that. And he did break, like, I believe it was, like, one pretty good tackle. But, yeah, I mean, the offense overall, I expected them to look a whole lot better. And at this point, from what I've read and from what I've seen, I hate Matt Canada, but it's not everything on Matt Canada right now. Part of it is, like, just... Pickett hasn't really looked like he has developed and hasn't taken like that stepped forward. He still looks pretty iffy on the pocket. And he seems to be missing some of the shots that I wanted him to make at this point in his NFL career. Uh, but yeah, does it improve? I don't know. Do they fire Matt Canada? I hope so. I don't think they will, but I hope so. I just want them to give more touches to Warren because... Najee is kind of done. How how low is Najee right now as a fantasy as a dynasty running back? Pretty low. 
Is he like outside of the top 20 right now? Dynasty? Yeah. Is he? He looks washed. Yeah, I think he is as well. He's probably... I don't know. <laughs> would you Would you prefer... I've seen like some people suggesting this. Would you prefer Najieris or James Conner for Dynasty? Najee, barely. Would you prefer Najee or Roshan Johnson? Roshan? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I probably prefer, prefer Roshan as well. He's pretty done, isn't he? And, and like, I believe like the whole offseason, he was saying that he, he wanted to bulk up and so on and so forth. He seems to really have bulked up, and it's really not working. So, I mean, if you want Najee in Dynasty, you probably you probably have to hold and to you probably have to wait for a boom game and then just sell him. But I can tell you how much I'm I'm happy that I'm holding the the first round pick of the the guy who has Najee in our league. Yeah. <laughs> Especially knowing who he is. I'm having some laughs there. It was just but yeah, I mean... Bad to get a running back in that class, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I I believe I have them like... I have them like... Javante, Najee, and Etienne. And that's probably not great either. At the time, it looked great. <laughs> because Najee seemed to... No, Javante uh, seemed to be like the guy that everyone wanted. But then like Javante exploded his knee, so... A class that looked pretty good ended up being pretty bad. I know, and it was very unfortunate that I picked one of the running backs of this class. And I picked another one. And I picked Pitts. <laughs> it's funny that out of that class, of like Chase, uh, Javante, and Pitts, the only guy that I still have is Pitts. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's probably not looking great for him either, so... But yeah, I mean, there's not really a whole lot to talk in this in Steelers' I mean, send, offense. I mean, send Pitts on down. I got plenty of time to wait for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to send Pitts down because I still like Pitts. <laughs> I just want him to get away from Arthur Smith. But yeah, I mean, from this offense, it's Pickens right now. And that's it. And Jalen Warren, is that it? Pretty much. Actually, in like in redraft, do you prefer Jalen Warren or Najee? Warren. <laughs> yeah, I prefer Warren as I, well. There, there has to be there. There's only so many times where he can look more productive until you're just like, yeah, let's just give him the most touches. Like, let's just just right. just, just, just just get out in the field. <laughs> like, I'm expecting it to be soon, but. <laughs> I really don't know what they keep seeing on on Najee, but yeah, they just don't want Najee to go away, and Najee keeps looking terrible. So, but yeah, that's basically the episode. I think we have gone throughout all of the games and all of the like the storylines that matter the most for fantasy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm pretty exhausted from working five days in a row. 
I've I've just been like in outer space for uh, most of it, especially after <laughs> the stupid Bears defensive coordinators Peanut Tillman FBI agent story. I was just like, what is life? What are we I here do, for? <laughs> I do have an update on that though. Schefter tweeted it. To There's an update book. on this. There's an update on this. So just to clarify everything, what he mentioned that it isn't true right now, he said that the, the FBI did not raid Hallis Hall because there was a report that they raided Hallis Hall, which I believe it's it's something in the Bears office or the Bears stadium, if not mistaken. And then he also said that the league is not currently involved and that Peanut Tillman is not involved in the matter. He is an FBI agent. He just wasn't the one that tipped him. That's the only three, three points that it was actually Ian Rappaport said that he wanted to clarify. So those three things are not true. The rest so far seems to be confirmed. But all allegations right now and the rest of the story is still a bit murky. But that's all of the reports that we have right now. And yes, officially resigned this morning. The defensive coordinator, Helen Williams. Yeah, let's see how it's how it develops. Probably quite a bit of things that could come out relatively soon. But yeah, that's the episode, I guess. It's time for sign us to, to to you to sign us off. Well, then I guess if you got this far, thank you so much for watching. I'm tired. The bears are a mess. Uh, there's a nice cool donate button if you are as shocked as me as far as the comings and going of the Chicago organization. So there's that. Uh, you like to do the, the Apple plus yeah, yeah. plug. Don't, don't forget to, yeah, as I always say, don't forget to, to rate us, give us a review on podcast, on Spotify, wherever you're listening. And yeah, just let us know what you're thinking of the show, what we should improve, what we, we are doing good. We always like to hear those comments and yeah, that's basically all. See you next I week, guys. Out, I gotta figure out if I'm releasing this tomorrow at 6 a.m. or Friday at 6 a.m. <laughs> Let's aim for tomorrow then. Okay. Sure. See you guys. See ya. Peace.